Hello, hello, hello. You thought we weren't going to be here, but we are. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League. And we are all in. This is Mr. Consistent Scummy. Surprise! Your boys are back, ready for another episode. And this is Sneak, all fired up. Can't wait to get another one under the belt. Hello. We thought there were going to be some uh, technical difficulties not allowing us to post an episode this week, but, you know, I'm a scum of the people and I found a way to make it happen. So we're, we're doing this on kind of borrowed equipment, but that doesn't mean it won't be as good and as beautiful to your ears. Now, Shanique, before we get into the um, meat and potatoes of this episode, I don't know. Should we talk about some of the pretty big trades that have gone down recently? I mean, we have to. We have to touch on them. There's been a lot of big names moving, especially one major name changed hands already. So let's just dive in and do a little bit of a talkage of what's been going on in the league in this late May. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, as you said, the big name, one of the um, elite speed running backs in the game has changed the team surprisingly. Matt Breida, currently of the Buffalo Bills, did move to Eric's team in a major five-team deal over the weekend. So, like I said, Eric got the the star piece of the deal, Matt Breida. You got Foster Moreau. Mm -hmm. Big T, our friend, got the Cleveland Browns defense. Gooch got the Giants defense. And Brandon got Greg Ward. So, like I said, a lot of just massive moving and shaking in the league recently, right? With that deal, especially. Yeah. When you get, uh, when you get a lot of the team or a lot of the teams from the league together, it can kind of turn ugly at times. And <laughs> here we are, we got a five teamer just on the books and uh, a lot of inconsequential players moving around, but that's the fun of this thing. We got a five teamer and we, challenge the rest of the league to uh top that let's see if this deal tops it i don't think so but maybe it does but trade between eric and doug eric moves up two spots from the 106 to the 104 for that doug gets josh kelly and a second round pick just to drop down those two spots so i don't know i would say pretty aggressive move for eric to jump those two spots but i like it i like the move right he obviously has a plan yeah, he's obviously got to have a plan in his head uh, and he's executing it by getting rid of 1.6 and 2.6 to move up and getting that uh, number four overall pick. He's got a guy in mind. He thinks he's going to be there. And that puts him with three picks in the first four of this upcoming 2021 draft. And we're excited to see what old Ernie E. Fritz, Eagle Eye Ernie can do with uh, can do with those picks. But yeah, Doug gets himself uh, only moves back tw two spots in the first picks himself up another second. So decent, I guess all around and uh, aggressive move by Ernie coming up there and going after the guy he thinks is going to be there. Yeah. Impressive and fun to have three of the first four picks and we're going to get closer to some more pre-draft stuff for you guys. So, you know, we'll touch on it then for sure, but um, really excited to do that. We've got, we got mocks flying all around right now prepping for it for those episodes and for those rollouts so be on the lookout friends now the, the big one 
let's talk about it. Chase makes an even more aggressive move, I would say, unloading four firsts, four first rounders, four of them. Woo! One, two, three, four. Woo! For Saquon Barkley. Mm. For his troubles, he also got, let me see, three seconds and two thirds back. So not, not too far back in pick equity, in addition to the four first to give up another second. So all in all, Chase gets, Chase sends, I should say, four first and a second, along with Quez Watkins and Josh Kelly, who moved right after that deal processed. And in return, got Saquon Barkley, Preston Williams, and those two seconds and two, sorry, three seconds and two thirds that I talked about. So big boy deal there. Uh, Chase has even more confidence in Saquon than Eric did when he got him from Matt. So I don't break that down. One of the premier running backs in, in the NFL, in Dynasty, got traded twice in the offseason. Pretty surprising. Yeah, extremely surprising. Four first for Saquon. Uh, obviously, the last couple episodes of the show, I've been down on Saquon. I don't think he's going to come back to the player that everyone uh, hopes him to be. Uh, Gooch obviously sees something there with his uh, young age uh, and still being hopefully top, top back in the league. So he thought it was worth to give up all those picks and I'm not one to hoard picks. So I can't, uh, I can't fault him on that. And, and Ernie just is the one who wants to have picks on picks on picks. So he decided to make that move and decided he did not need Saquon in that rebuild and whatever his plans are for his team uh, in the coming years. So, I mean, uh, initially you, you, you get scared for first, uh, regardless of how they're spread out in the years for, for a running back coming off that ACL, but it is Saquon. Uh, you know, if he comes back from this, just like uh, Adrian Peterson came back, you know, he's got a long career ahead of him, but remains to be seen. I've got my doubts out there. Uh, like I said, I've, I've been down on him. So, but these, both, both these teams uh, did what they want to do. You know, people are taking control of their teams. They're taking control of their destinies. They're knowing what, uh, how they want their teams to go, what their, what their plans are, and they're going for it without being afraid. And that is exactly what we live for in this offseason for the LV Dynasty League. Keep it up, folks. We want to keep seeing it. We want to keep talking about it. We want to keep judging you for it. But, yeah, there you have it. Big moves. Barkley on the move twice this offseason. We're not even at June. Oh, so exciting, though, to have the league waking up a little bit from its postseason slumber. And hopefully we get more people involved and hopefully we get this guy coming up to start, you know, moving and shaking. I think there's definitely some, some moves to be made here, but of course we're talking about the Alaska nomad, the guy who is back in town for the summer, ready to, ready to hang out, ready to do some things, but let's bring him on right now because it's tea time. We're literally inviting bad things into our home right now. Something weird, something different. What's up, fellas? There he is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hmm. So good to hear your voice. So good to see your face. I'm glad you have joined us, and we cannot wait for tea time. Well, you know, uh, certain members of the league uh, this past weekend played in a cornhole tournament together, 
And I got to say, me and Eric didn't do so good, but it was it was a lot of fun. But yeah, it is tea time. And what I would like to do this tea time is kind of going past going past football. You know, we're always talking about football, 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 football. And what I would like to do is just expand uh, the listener's knowledge on just some interesting, mind-blowing facts. So I compiled a list of them, and that's what uh, we're going to be talking about during this tea time. So sit back, grab your tea, and we're just going to start reading some some crazy facts. You guys ready? Blow my mind. Do it. Hit you with some factoids. I'm ready. All right. Mine's about to be blown. Okay. First one's moose related. Oh. The first, the first mind blow, mind blowing moose related fact. And tell me if you know this, Sneak. Okay. A moose can dive underwater down to twenty feet in search of food. Oh yeah. Twenty feet. I, yep. Yes, sir. I did know that. They love that water going after <laughs> them bottom feeding lily pads, baby. But twenty feet, unbelievable. Un. Believable. I like it. Second fact. Did you know? Did you knew? <laughs> yes. That the first man to fly. Who's the first man to fly? Icarus. Mm-mm. The first man, the first man to build a plane and fly. Orville Redenbacher. Yep, Orville Wright. The first man to fly, Orville Wright, and the first man to walk on the moon were alive at the same time. Neil Armstrong was 17 years old when Orville Wright died. Crazy. Jeez, look at you. Next fact. And this one's another animal-related fact. Here we go. What color do you think a hippo's milk is? Ooh. It's gotta be something weird. I'm gonna say Blue. A hippo's milk is pink. What the? <laughs> Strawberry flavor coming out. Pink milk, is it, is it because it's bloody? Is it bloody pink milk? <laughs> uh, well, that just added a whole nother <laughs> gross layer to that. <laughs> uh, what else do I got here? What else do I got? Okay, here's a good one. The U.S. flag was designed by a 17-year-old guy named Robert G. Heft as part of a school project. He received a B minus on the project. Oh. <laughs> Is that like the, the 50 star design? Uh, yeah, 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 the 50 star. Uh, and then last one I have, and this is the craziest one, is, you know how like, you know how so, some people's like jobs are, they're like professional mimics or like, what's what's the word? Like when you, you're, you like mimic someone else. Um, uh, Impersonator, yeah. Professional yeah, impersonators. That, bro. Yeah, there's a, there is a, among professional impersonators, there is a plague where, where more often than not, they forget their own voice. That's crazy. Huh. Yeah. So, those are some fun facts. Hope you guys enjoyed them. Hey, and before, uh, before we leave, before T leaves, you got a fun fact that you like? Pull out at parties or something? Uh, no. You don't got no moose-related facts? You just stole mine. That was the one? That was it. <laughs> Jude, what you got? 
my best moose fact is that they can kick in like any direction. Ooh, they got them weird haunches, huh? Yeah. And then another fun fact that I have is, uh, I don't have one. I'll add one in though. Cruise ships have their own morgues. Well, one more that I have is, have you ever looked up and seen a plane in the air? Yeah. Well, if you were standing at the bottom of the Marianas Trench and looking to the surface of the water, that's that's the same distance, 36,000 feet. How deep is the ocean, boys? Oh, I love oh. that one. Freaking love. The ocean is so scary, dude. Yeah, I know. Like, just swimming above it. Ugh. Ugh. Golly. The inventor of the Pringles can is buried in one. Man. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Another tea time. Thank you, Big T, for a fun, informative tea time. And I'm loving it. Feel smarter. <laughs> Clink. Clink. <laughs> This episode of the Scum and Schneek Show is brought to you by Suppers by Schneek. That's right, folks. Suppers by Schneek is back 2021 edition. Let me just keep it simple for you this week. I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about pasta and Italian food, and we can debate that till the cows come home. But if you're going to make spaghetti, keep it simple. Delicious recipe by Suppers by Schneek is angel hair, vodka sauce, Butter, olive oil, Parmesan cheese. That's all you need, folks, for a delicious spaghetti dinner. Don't be afraid to keep leftovers for a couple days because as it just gels and gets all connected in the fridge, about three days by, boom, that sucker is ready to go. Suppers by Schneek, easy peasy, spaghetti. There you have it. Thanks for listening. Love you. And we're back. Thank you, Suppers by Schneek. I mean, I don't think there's a week that goes by where I don't make a Suppers by Schneek recipe. That's what we like to hear. It's just, uh, we're here to help. We're here to, we're here to help. Well, folks, as we look forward to the next season of fantasy football, you know, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of things that we prep for, but as they say, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. So we thought that we, as the Scum and Sneak Show, would help you guys learn from some past mistakes that maybe you made personally or your league mates have made, and you know we want to avoid those. So we're going to pause, reflect, take a look back, and we're going to have the first inaugural class of the LV Dynasty Hall of Shame. The Hall of Shame. Snake, <laughs> we've all made some dumb moves in our fantasy careers, right? Sometimes, true, sometimes, true, draft, um, sometimes, you know, just making the, ad, the, the wrong ad drop decision, but it's in Dynasty where those decisions 
can really haunt you. And we're bringing the haunt today. So with the inaugural class, you and I looked back at the first four seasons of the LV Dynasty League. So that's 2014 to 2017. I feel like that's pretty fair, right? You know, if we, if we start looking at some of the more recent years, you know, it's hard to determine what was really a mistake or what was a really good move. But this far out, I think we're pretty safe to say, you know, who's a shameful loser after making these moves, right? Yeah, uh, super, super on board with that. We look back upon the trades and the pickups and the drops, and we're going to put you all in a nice little ball category and make you feel really, really bad about what you've done in the past. And uh, I know me personally going through it, I'm not exempt. I was looking at some of the things I did. Oofta. For example, we're not going to really dive too deep into the startup draft. There's definitely some questionable decisions made all around. All of us could have done a little better. Um, some people fell too far. Some people went too high. But I don't know if you saw this in your research. My first pick, first ever pick for this league, Started up trying to, you know, create my roster for the rest of eternity. First pick was Gio Bernard. Ugh. Was he the starter back then? He was the starter. So it was, it was the year after his rookie year, okay. um, I think. And there seemed to be like no one else in the backfield. And like he had a good year of production as a rookie. He was like catching passes. I'm like, this is a PPR league. It's going to mm -hmm. be great. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's gotten like a starter's workload since. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but he's still in the league. He's still getting production. Still so. in the league, but yep. not not the best start. So you know, that's just an example of what can either set you off on the right foot or really hurt you down the road. So yeah, I think what else? What other like things were you looking at when you're saying like these were bad moves? Um, what, what, what people did wrong. What, what were your thoughts as you look through it? Just a mixture between what we're seeing people either making draft picks or picking up and dropping players. I mean, there's some pretty big names out there that were being either passed around through waivers or trades. And then just looking at some of the trades that were happening and kind of basing off who's still in the league, who's still productive, who at the time was traded for those guys that are no longer in the league or no longer being productive. Uh, and then just kind of watching on some of the draft picks on how many, like I'm the number one suspect there and making trading draft picks and, and not really getting much back or whatever. So just kind of a mixture of what the moves were, what trades were made, what those players are doing now. And if, if it was even helpful back then while they were supposedly supposed to be good or young or up and coming. So just a big amalgamation of it all. With that, let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's go down an ugly path, but we're all doing it together. So uh, I mentioned we started looking in 2014 and there actually wasn't a lot going on that year. There was only like a handful of trades, not that many picks went back and forth. It, it's pretty surprising um, looking at that year and looking where we're at now. So we had a couple candidates from that year, but no one has made it to be a finalist. For this hall of shame class so congratulations everyone there the first year wasn't terrible 2015 congratulations though, to 2014 you didn't make the hall of shame 2015 we start getting some bad stuff though 
And it starts off with our, our first inductee right in the draft for 2015, our first ever, you know, non-startup draft. And the honors to kick us off, go to Matt, the South Dakota Buffalo, who had the third overall pick, drafted Amir Abdullah. Some of you are saying, who? <laughs> and Shanique, who went pick four? Who went right after Amir Abdullah? That was Todd Gurley. Todd was that was that the Todd Gurley coming off of a, a big year? Or? No, that's so that's rookie draft Todd Gurley. So rookie draft Todd Gurley. Okay. So first year wasn't that great with Jeff Fisher. Didn't look you know like it was maybe that bad of a decision. And then uh, Todd Gurley turned into what the best fantasy player for like three years in a row. Yeah. Oof. Did Amir Abdullah really just never, ever took off there? He was probably always hurt, never got the opportunity. So, he's, I mean, we're looking at – you're looking at two rookies, and Matt made the choice to go with Abdullah, thinking at the time it was going to be a good pick, and then Gurley just blasts off and goes for like 20 touchdowns a season. <laughs> and I think Todd Gurley did have some injury stuff coming out of college, right? And Amir Abdullah was in just – in that line of Lions running backs who we get excited about, your carry-on Johnsons, your um, uh, uh, freaking Javid Best. Javid Best. <laughs> just, a, just a lot of guys who you're like, okay, there's no other backs in Detroit. They're always like a fun, up-tempo offense. This is going to be a good guy for fantasy, and then it has not panned out. Is DeAndre yeah. Swift in that mold? Yet to see, but Matt, congratulations, our first inductee into the hall of shame congratulations my friend that uh, yeah that that lion's backfield is just like a sneaky pit that pulls you in and then you just come out always sad Hi, this is Scum from the Scum and Sneak Show, and we're just reaching out to get a comment from you on your recent induction into the what? Hall of Shame. What? Can you hear me? Hello? Well, you cut out on me. Oh, sorry about that. This is, uh, this is the Scum and Sneak Show reaching out for a comment on a recent induction of yours into the Hall of Shame. Of what? Of what? Of the LV Dynasty League that we are all in, and this is in regards... Uh, and again so i do want to say that we're looking at this with hindsight being 2020 right a lot of these decisions might have been good ones at the time you know people probably wouldn't have disagreed or even the first year after it might have looked okay still but we look back on them now and you're like yeesh yeah yeah so yeah it's important to keep that in mind we're looking back on this in 2020 or yeah, 20 hindsight being 2020 looking back and being like, wow, because obviously when it was happening, you had different thoughts and, and hopes, but yeah, that's funny. All right. Also in 2015, another inductee hall of shamer. This one's near and dear to my heart. Our friend Gooch traded away Devonte Freeman the year. He was the RB one Cam Newton the year he became the quarterback one. And oh, a little guy named Devonte Adams mm. and a third 
for uh, Jeremy Macklin, if you remember him, yeah. Romo, and Sammy Watkins in a fourth rounder. Oh, Man, yeah. those are those are some big names going out the door on on Gooch, Gooch's team, Cam Newton, Devontae Adams, and a third. And at the time, must have been bringing in that Eagles, Jeremy Macklin. Tony Romo was probably at the height of some of his fantasy years right there. And then Sammy Watkins, I'm guessing, was a rookie? I think his second year. Okay. Was it, he, he must have, was he in Buffalo then? Yeah, Buffalo. I think that was a good year for him too. But we look at it now, right? And Devontae Freeman and Cam Newton and obviously Devontae Adams have been fantasy producers much longer in the past in the past couple of years than Jeremy Macklin and Tony Romo. And Sammy Watkins is still in the league, but has he done anything since leaving Buffalo, really? Yeah. Watkins is that classic journeyman receiver where you always are like, oh, yeah, I got Sammy Watkins. He's my fourth receiver. And then he has one game, and then that's it. Then you got Devontae Freeman had a nice, had a good couple, two, three or so really productive years in Atlanta. Cam Newton, we knew he was a monster in his early Carolina days. And then this Devontae Adams character we'll see kind of gets uh, moved around a little bit, dropping, picking up, trading, and what have you. But, yeah, again, looking back on it, like Devontae just never – he didn't come out the gate as hot and heavy. And now, obviously, he's just an absolute monster stud, amazing player. But early in his career, he just couldn't really stay on the field. The Packers offense was has always been good. They've always had good players. So it is funny to see – Devonte Adams just getting traded only four, so only six years ago. Six years ago. And it's crazy that, yeah, out of that group, you would have said, you know, he'd maybe be something, but not the number one wide receiver, what, a couple times in the past few years. And just someone that you can count on as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. Yeah. Yeah, hi, this is Scum from the Scum and Sneak Show, and I was calling to get your comments on the record uh, about your recent inauguration into the Hall of Shame. Do you have a, do you have a second to, to comment? No. Well, you know, you, you're, you're a recent inductee, so I, mean, I think the people would want to know your, your thoughts on it. that wraps up 2015 2016 we go to another i think infamous draft and it starts off with our next inductee old ben smith smith ben 08 drafting the denver defense number one overall oh no now a lot of controversy is rolling around this one do you want to set the table for us Shani? tell us the story about how this even came to being yeah, Brandon just allowed Ben to go Denver defense one overall. I'm sure there was some sort of mistake. Was Ben trying to draft someone differently there? Was he searching and he just – was he just auto-drafting? What was the deal here? Yeah, so this leads into our, our next inductee from the 2016 year. It is Brendan, the do-nothing commission, do for allowing this to happen. Sounds he, like this is where he got his name. He set up the draft – 
I mean, I think it was a reasonable time for everyone, but he knew that Ben was three hours ahead of everyone else on the East Coast, so it was super late for him. And again, Ben had the first pick. Brendan didn't schedule it correctly. This is what we talked about in our interview with him, his biggest faux pas. And Ben auto-drafted the number one projected defense over Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, gosh. Well, that's going to help me when we talk a little bit further on. <laughs> so instead of having a number one true pick, instead of having a running back that's been a one every year of his career, uh, he got a defense. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. Was he just out of his mind? I would have just lost it. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Hi, this is actually Scum from the Scum and Sneak Show, and I was calling to get your comment on record about your recent induction into the Hall of Shame. <laughs> Hall of Shame? What are you talking about? Well, we're, we're reviewing past mistakes by everyone in the league, and we're, we're wanting your comment and insight on the time that you drafted the Denver defense first overall. Auto-drafted, so this is more Brandon's fault, but still yeah. your move your comment absolutely i mean if i had to lay blame on anyone it would definitely be brandon for scheduling uh at an east coast time that just was not adequate with our schedule absolutely well thank you for your candor absolutely do nothing commish hello answer my call yeah, hi, this is Scum from the Scum and Sneak Show, and I was just calling to get a comment from you on the record, of course, about your recent inauguration into the Hall of Shame. Oh, great. What happened now? Uh, can, you, can you just give us some insight onto why you let Ben draft the Denver defense uh, first overall in the, let me pull up the notes here, in the 2016 LV Dynasty draft? I thought we already went over this. Well, you know, this is for the, the ceremony, and you know we're just trying to get everyone's comments. We're trying to interview the honorees. No comment. But I, I think the people would just want to know kind of your, your thoughts. I uh, would want to know why you would do such a thing. I wish I could go back and do it over. <laughs> is it, so no, no, no further comments out of you then? No. All right. Thanks for your time. So Ben and Brandon, uh, kind of a duo going in together. It's like when you have a, a tag team going to the Wrestling Hall of Fame. You guys are just a shameful pair. And really, it's not your fault as much as it is Brandon's, Ben, but you're both in. You're both in. You both made it. Our first 2016 inductees. Move on to another... Another... Uh, questionable draft choice from that year this comes at pick number eight our friend eric you know before he started stockpiling picks and becoming the master of the draft mm -hmm. uh, he drafted a guy and um let me i'm gonna ask you he drafted gary barnage what do you remember about gary barnage if anything i just i think the only thing i remember is that he was on the browns anyway eric drafted gary barnage at 108 one pick before 
a guy named Michael Thomas. Oh, another blunder. Now I'm just going to, I'm going to take this one real quick here, scum. I'm just going to say we had a tight end. Was this, do you know when this pick was, was this a first round pick? First round pick. Yep. Okay. So we got a first round pick, Ernie E, Eagle Eye, Ernie Fritz, the master of the draft, all these, all what all these names that we're calling him these days. He's just stockpiling picks. And here he just did. What did he just do, Scum? He just traded up to number four overall. And the consensus is we're pretty sure who he's going to be drafting here. I don't know if I should say names. I want to kind of keep things under the wrap, a little bit of surprises, but I'm just going to put a heed of warning out there. Gary Barnage, tight end for the Browns, was drafted before Michael Thomas, receiver for the Saints. We don't want to see history repeat itself. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to go against you there on that one. Because, one, we weren't coming off of – or Gary Barnage was coming off his best season. He was a pro bowler uh, in 2015, the year before. Uh, I'll pull up the stats really quick. 79 receptions, 1,043 yards, and nine touchdowns for the Browns as a tight end. So Eric was probably looking at his team, said, I, you know, I could make a run if I had a tight end. Barnage definitely did not repeat that Pro Bowl year, but there's that's a different case than what, again, I am, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going strong. Kyle Pitts, the best tight end prospect ever. <laughs> Kyle Pitts, who without Julio Jones, because Julio says he's out of there, is uh, creeping up in the projections for uh, for a certain host of this podcast, and he's he's really high up there in the tight end ranks. So uh, you know, th- there's more to come on that. We've got some numbers to crunch. Different situation, but Gary Barnes is no Kyle Pitts, and I'll leave it at that. All right, all right, all right. I'll let I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. But Eric joins the ranks of our famous Hall of Shamers. Hi, this is Scum from the Scum and Sneak Show, and I was calling to get a comment from you on the record about your recent induction into the Hall of Shame for the LV Dynasty League. Um, I'm very uh, proud to be in the Hall of Shame, actually, um, because I am going to be the 2024 champion, and it's going to be a rise from the ashes for LaVisca LaVusca. That is my official comment. I respect that. And I, I have one more follow-up question. Um, the ashes that you mentioned, is that a direct cause of you drafting Gary Barnage in 2016, one pick before Michael Thomas? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I'm st- I still stand by that pick, actually. Um, I think he's got some, some life left in him. Um, I think Michael Thomas is very overrated. Thank, thank you for your time and your comment. Absolutely. Our next guy, 2016, or in 2016, I'm going to let you take. Mm. Uh, No no surprise to any listener uh, that this guy made it into the class. 
Douglas P. Johnson made a classic blunder after falling into just a miracle after the Ben and Brandon debacle. So again, yeah. it's on the table for us, Sneak. Yeah, Doug just absolutely had a bunny, an absolute miracle, amazing opportunity to fall right into his lap, and he drafts Ezekiel Elliott in 2016. Now, I come in right behind him before the season started in that offseason, and obviously a big Ohio State guy, huge Elliott fan all of his college career. I said, I got to have him. I made all these proclamations about Elliott being the number one running back his rookie year. I just knew the guy was going to come in and just destroy all expectations and just be absolutely amazing. Went after Doug with a trade of AJ Green, Shane Vereen, and who I drafted in that draft. I don't know when, probably a second rounder. Josh Doxson, rookie receiver out of TCU. I don't know where he came from. Texas, probably. Somewhere in Texas, because that's what Doug's all about. Baylor. Baylor. No, that's Texas. Yeah. So that trade gets offered. And I just remember, I literally remember this. I just sent the trade in the app and didn't text them. You know how we're always trying to get get on a text, get on a call, be like, yo, look at this trade. Let's talk. I just sent the trade out there and I think I was, I forget who I was hanging out with. I was either hanging out with Matt or Gooch or you, we were all hanging out, something like that. And someone, I didn't realize it, but it was like, Doug just accepted your trade. And I was like, really for Elliot? And boom, there you have it. I get Elliot. He gets AJ Green, Shane Vereen, Josh Doxson, who we all know. AJ Green probably had himself a nice couple of years after that, whatever, you know, top 10, 15 receiver. He was probably decent, but Shane Vereen, like a weird do kind of running back on the Giants and just never, ever, no, like a nobody basically. And Josh Doxson just never, ever had any sort never, of career. He popped around four different teams or whatever. So just a blunder and a trade that I think this league still talks about to this day and who I'm running on Elliott going into our 2021 season still as the number one running back in Dallas still young, still explosive, still producing at that high level. So I, I, that was probably the best trade I've ever, ever, ever made and probably ever will make. (laughs) Honestly, stuff of legend. And you kind of touched on this, like Elliot for AJ Green for like a year or two probably was pretty fair, right? Probably pretty even. But look at it now. And somehow Zeke is still only like 25 and AJ Green is somehow like 80. It's like ready to be out of the league maybe he has a resurgence in arizona this year but you know for one of our guys that we thought was just great for so long he's taken a big fall and just makes it even more of a hall of shame worthy move for doug who could have right now you know if all things kind of stay the same aside from that he could have zeke and derrick henry right now yeah that's a oh that's such a good point that's so good to be able to look forward and be like this is what his running backs could be looking like and I remember for like two years after that trade I really tried to compare AJ and Zeke's like playing time and points and stuff and I think there was like it's probably I don't know how even the numbers are but even through those first couple years that 16 17 18 season AJ Green missed like four games a season he was always kind of hurt with something and Elliot's like never missed a game except for last like except for suspensions basically so anyway well we can move on <laughs> i know you want to you know simmer in that one for a while so it, it's a great move i mean doug was probably thinking at the time like it's a rookie running back 
even if he's good, you know, how often are they like consistently a top five guy? Pretty rare, right? Right. Had right. the wrong had the wrong evaluation on that for sure, but it happens. Yeah, and it was key to get that. There's sometimes something to be made for having these offseason trades. I know a lot of people lament the fact like, oh, we're in May, like we're in June, like why are we making trades? Because you can make, you can get stuff like that going before the season starts or before training camp start. And then you'd be like, hit it out of the park. Because I would, I wouldn't be, I would not, I mean, I'm pretty sure that after week one of that season, Doug would have never traded Elliott. So yeah, here we go. Get your trades in early, preach it. Hi, this is Scum from the Scum and Sneak Show, and I was just calling to get a comment from you on the record about your recent induction into the Hall of Shame. Uh, yeah, not too familiar. You're going to have to uh, give me some background on that. Yeah, sure. I think that for the ceremony, people are just needing a comment from you and insight onto the time that you traded Ezekiel Elliott for AJ Green, Shane Vereen, and Josh Doxson in 2016. Okay, yeah, I vaguely remember that. And do you have any, anything you'd like to say about how proud you are for the accomplishment or any comments at all for the people? Uh, you know, like stuff happens in the past and you move on and you kind of forget about it. <laughs> all right, that sums it up, thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, we're going to wrap up 2016 with a, a repeat inauguree. Is that the right word? Yes, that is the right word. All right. Gooch returns, and we've got a twofer for him. In 2016, he made some pretty interesting moves. One that we didn't cover, I'll kind of rewind a little bit, is I had gotten Devontae Adams in that trade we just talked about, right? But I, I didn't keep him going into the year. So blunder by me, obviously, but he, so that made Devontae Adams a free agent, picked up by Gooch again, and then subsequently dropped again for Justin Hunter. Oh man. I remember Justin Hunter. Just the prototype of a guy who's like six, two runs like a four, four 40. And you're just like, man, he's going to be good. No matter where he goes, he's so awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. We've all fallen into that trap before. Remember Stephen Hill? That was my oh, guy. We've all been there. We've all seen a massive stud receiver and be like, gots to have him. And then for some reason, they just are like, whoa, that guy is not good. So Gooch dropped Devontae. Ben eventually picked him up, and we know the history from there. Yeah. But Gooch made another super fun move that year. Dropped Tyreek Hill. Oh. That Tyreek Hill for Kenny Britt. <laughs> oh, I love to see these names, man. Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill just being dropped onto waivers. Like we're looking back on this with rose-colored glasses, not knowing what the we know now. But geez, Louise, both these guys were just like number one and two last year. No, yeah. no, and yeah, at the time, um, no Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs. 
on the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill's just uh, kind of a guy. I don't know. Is Dwayne Bow still around in 2016? Oh, man. Dwayne Bow, good pull. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's kind of hazy, but he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. Like most of us probably would have done it. Yeah. And to his credit, Gooch did win the championship in 2017, the next year after making these moves. So they don't kill you necessarily, but just imagine if you picked up Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill off of waivers and then kept them through to when they were awesome. And even if you didn't, you know, even if they're not on your roster, you definitely traded them for something good once they hit. So again, we are doing this to one, shame all of us. Yes. And two, make sure you guys know that there's there's times when those, you know, um, really frequent ad drops, you're like, you're just turning through the waiver wire. Uh, I'm just trying to find the guy this week, whatever. But not always the best. Yeah. Did Gooch end up getting Tyreek Hill back at some point? Because didn't he just trade him yeah. to Wade or something? Yeah. He got him for me after that. I picked up Tyreek Hill. Traded him for like a first and something else. The year that he was, uh, you know, questionable, like maybe getting suspended, all that. We reached out to Chase again, but he again declined to comment. But man, this is fun. I love looking back on this, man, pulling up all the old Yahoo stuff and being like, look at all this action. I can't wait for some more. Lots of action, lots of fun stuff. I was also kind of blown away on a side note uh, on how long we had IDPs in this league. Oh, gosh. Like, I thought we got rid of it pretty early, but no, we had it for a while. So moving on to 2017, the last year of of this first class. And again, everyone will be doing this every year now. You know, we'll add the next year as we have more hindsight, more space between those moves. And we'll just keep talking about how dumb we all are. And no, I am not exempt from this, even though I am your two-time defending reigning champion i i've had some blunders too people let them know though scum let them know in 2017 had a first round pick and it was 112 and i picked john ross out of washington coming off with like one of the fastest 40s ever i'm like this guy is a burner he's gonna be so good gotta have the pick right after him was kenny galladay hmm and even though Kenny Galladay missed all of last year, basically, kind of sitting out, not wanting to play for the Lions and being hurt, I'm sure he still has, like, double the career points of John Ross since they yeah. came in the league. Yeah, I think John, I don't think John Ross has really ever put together much of a season, let alone a career. He's a lot of injuries, got of being buried behind depth charts, never really got that opportunity, and at this point never will. And Galladay has been number one in, in Detroit ever since. And now going into the Giants. So, but like you just said, two-time champion, and that was 2017, three, four years ago. So it didn't didn't derail you too much. But I mean, like, well, like back to what we were talking about about having like just missing out on even the value. Like, if I didn't have, if I didn't want to keep Kenny Galladay on my team because I had other good receivers or whatever, like, what kind of offers have you made to wait in the past for Galladay? Like, multiple firsts? And a oh, yeah. Firsts, I've, right? Oh, yeah. I've made crazy offers for Galladay. I'm sure other players have two first-round yeah. picks, young real guys that are already proven, what have you, a bevy of whatever for Galladay. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, Wade's still sitting on, you know, that gold mine. Maybe 
he's lost a little bit of value now, but if he has a big year, that's going right back up. So, yeah. And John Ross is uh, maybe a free agent right now. Yeah. No, I think he's on Jesse's team. We all know that he's still on Jesse's team for some reason. Hello? Hello, this is Sneak from the Scum and Sneak Show. Who am I speaking with? This is this is Scum, also known as Julian. Scum, Julian, my friend. I wanted to get your opinion real quick. I got a question for you. The inaugural season of the uh, Hall of Shame has been announced, and you were a finalist. Now, I'm not going to get into what the Hall of Shame is. We're just going to jump right into it. But John Ross over Kenny Galladay in the 2017 fantasy football draft. Now, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Can you please explain your reasoning, your thought process behind that? Oh, well, this is uh, this comes as a surprise, honestly, but um, uh, my only comment will be that I was going through a dark time in my life at the time of the draft, and I have since rehabbed and gotten better, and every day I try to be better. And um, I'd appreciate it if we left it at that. Yeah, that, that's what that's what I that's what I want to hear. That's what we like to hear. We're happy for you, but, but really, John Ross over Kenny Galladay. You know, you know what? I I have to go. I'm I'm sorry. I I can't do this. No, wait, wait. I I would like I'd like just one. Speaking of Jesse, let's let's talk about our guy. You know, he was not gonna escape the Hall of Shame. Can't do it. It's Jesse Hesse. He's got to be in it. In the same draft. 2017, he had pick 108, and he drafts Marshawn Lynch. Now, mind you, we love Marshawn Lynch. Great fantasy back for many years. Was he even under 30 in 2017? I'm trying to think. 2017, that's four years ago. This this had to have been like a – was he coming back after like a hiatus or one of those yeah, time, he, like one of those tired or something? Yeah, I'm trying to say was this his like retirement later. year and being like, all right, I'll come back to Seattle and try to win a championship and then just <laughs> something like that. And I just remember, I mean, this is another one of those infamous ones where we just like bring it up all the time. Now, Marshall Lynch probably had a decent year that year, I think, when he had the comeback. But, I mean, I think we've all learned, especially now, like, doing our dynasty draft, that you can't pick a veteran in the first round. It's just like, no matter how good they are, you're going to get, what, the one good year out of them. And and to point out, um, Jesse, that year, Ford Marshall Lynch, he got 800 yards, almost 900 yards, seven touchdowns, 20 catches, for 150 yards, no touchdowns. Like, so an okay year for a running back who was 31 at the time. Yeah, like that's, I mean, that's it. That's exactly the good the point that you got to make there. You just can't, I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't pick in the first round, but picking a veteran, an old veteran in the first, I mean, you can only maybe possibly remotely get away with that if you're just someone like you or some team that is constantly amazing and, but, even still, like any of those teams are like, well, I'm just going to pick the best young guy to stay on my team for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I, 
We'll talk about this again too, because there was a move that kind of saved Jesse, I think, that didn't quite make the cut, but just a crazy move from Hesse, but do any of us, do any of us expect anything different? No, I don't. No. Hello. Jeez. Actually, this is Scum from the Scum and Sneak Show, and I was just calling to, to get a comment from you on the record about okay. your recent induction into the Hall of Shame. <laughs> I'm stoked, I guess. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Did, did you want to know what, what got you in? or? Um, yeah, what got me in? So in 2017, you drafted a 30-year-old Marshawn Lynch with the eighth overall pick. Now, any any comments or insight for for our ceremony and for the people? Um, you know, I thought Marshawn was gonna have a comeback. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, that he'd have an opportunity to play a lot more. And uh, honestly, you know, I don't even know who he was playing. Yeah, so that's that's what I got for that. Are you signed for the Raiders? Did you sign with the Raiders? He did. Okay, okay, at least I knew something about that. Yep, yep, that's what I was thinking. I thought he would definitely have an opportunity to play. Well, there you have it, folks, and congratulations to you, Jesse. Thank you for your comment. You've been much more reasonable than the other inductees so far. So congrats again. I ran, I ran in the back for this. And the last one here, uh, you know, Hate to hate to pile it on. He didn't know, but Big T. This one is, is just rough though. Dropped Allen Robinson outright in our dynasty, you know, big keeper league, just because that was the year he was injured. Just outright got rid of him for nothing. Just dropped him. Said I'm done. That was his big injury year. But that was what was that his last year on the Jaguars? I think so. So yeah, Big T with a big blunder there and. Sorry. Just, uh, you know, goes to show you got to plan ahead for guys that are super talented that have had production. You know, you've had those big years with Blake Bortles, which, you know, maybe you don't count on that again, but he showed out that he was good. And obviously he has recovered and is now a basically perennial uh, wide receiver one. Yeah, for sure. And with bad quarterback play, even with the injury history, which I think was an ACL, right? Yeah, it was an ACL. Peterson was an ACL, came back awesome. So maybe I'm going to be eating my words on Saquon coming back on that ACL. We'll see. Hasn't your boy Dalvin torn like both ACLs? Dalvin torn ACL, yeah. So I don't know, Saquon, it's funny, Saquon and Al Robinson were traded for each other earlier this offseason, so. <laughs> That's true. Hey, what's up, bro? Hi, this is Scum calling from the Scum and Sneak Show, and I was actually calling to get a comment from you in regards to your recent induction into the Hall of Shame. On the record, of course. No! But that is the inaugural Hall of Shame class. Congratulations to myself, Matt, Gooch, Ben, Brandon, Eric, Doug, Hesse, and Big T. We did it, guys. 
congratulations to all the Hall of Shame inductees uh, this year. Love to see it. Love to talk about it. Some of us who didn't make it are not just uh, free from ridicule. We do have a couple honorable mentions. I think we're going to just, we're going to touch on, just talk about, and just not necessarily Hall of Shame, but just kind of have a history of the league on some of these trades and what was being done in the years past. I'm going to go back, Scum, if I may, to 2016. And it is a trade between Brendan, the Do Nothing Commish, and a member of the league that is no longer with us in the league. He's still alive, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, back then it was uh, uh, Stash, old John. uh, Brendan traded Michael Crabtree, Antonio Brown, Jeremy Hill, and a second to receive Amari Cooper, Todd Gurley, and a first. Oof, so I, initially I would say Brendan made out like a bandit in that trade. Cooper has been great ever since those were probably in the height of the, I mean, those were Gurley's years and yeah. a first round pick and stash probably got, or whoever took over for that team took maybe got a year or two out of Antonio Brown and whatever that second round pick turned into. And I'm sure Brendan, that first round pick was a, what was that had to have been? I'm assuming it was a 2017 pick. So who knows what he did with it? Maybe it was the Michael Thomas pick. I don't know, but interesting trade just to see some of those names. And even out of all those players, Antonio Brown still in the league had a decent second half of last year. And I'm hoping for a big year this year. So still in the league, still productive on that bucks. And Cooper has been amazing uh, ever since he went over to Dallas. So interesting trade. Yeah. That one's interesting, especially, I mean, it was a little unbalanced at the time. I remember it going down being like, what, what is stash doing? But I mean, he wanted Antonio Brown, who was the wide, the number one wide receiver kind of like easy choice for at least a couple of years before he started losing his mind. So he probably got like 17, 18 out of him. And then 19 is when it all went South, but yeah, Brandon road, Todd Gurley to uh, one championship, got some good value out of him in a trade. Um, same thing with Amari. He got good value out of him. So overall a win for Brendan, not necessarily a hall of shame for stash again, just getting Antonio Brown, but he also just wasn't in the league. So it's not as fun to like put him in like whatever he's never going to know. Yeah. He also was the one he traded a first for Marshawn Lynch the year that Jesse drafted Marshawn Lynch in the first. So Jesse kind of made out. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, that's good stuff. All right. I got another honorable mention for you, scum. Let me see what you think about this. 2017. Now, I picked this one just because I feel like there was a lot involved in the trade, Uh and it's just fun to talk about, not necessarily someone losing out or anything like that, but it's a trade between Matt, our South Dakota Buffalo, and Gus T.T. Showbiz. Okay. Matt trades wide receiver Jordan Matthews. Hello. Two firsts. For Juju, a first and a third. So swapping some first, just really yep. paying one. Yeah. I think that was after like Juju's rookie year, right? That he kind of exploded on the scene again with Antonio Brown there. He hasn't reached those heights since. 
Antonio Brown left. Mm -hmm. And Matt got good value out of Juju too, because when I traded for him, I think I gave two first and some stuff. Nice. So he recouped that definitely after selling him high. But yeah, what a move thinking back. Like I think Jordan Matthews was a rookie too. And he had a pretty good rookie year. If you remember, right? Like with the, uh, with the Eagles, I think. Yeah. Uh, like that Nick Foles year maybe is what it was. So I'm sure that kind of played into like Wade's thinking like, yeah, I get another young guy who maybe isn't as good, but obviously Juju's still around kicking was top 24 last year. And Jordan Matthews is a guy that just gets signed to a practice squad every few months. And we're like, Oh, is Jordan Matthews going to like come back and be good. <laughs> that's so no. true. Oh, that's so freaking true. Those types of players like a Jordan Matthews gets signed somewhere, gets in the train camp. We're like, huh? What? Our ears get perked up. And then it's like, Oh wait, never mind. Yeah. That was me yesterday when the Falcons signed Tajay Sharp. I'm like, Oh, remember Tajay Sharp? He's, he's kind of good that one year. Oh gosh, this is so fun. All right. I got one more for you. And this is, this could have been a hall of shame because I'm going to put, I don't think I made the hall of shame. I'm going to put myself in there just so I'm not exempt from the ridicule. I made a trade in 2017. I remember this. I was, this was a trade in my head. I, I was trying to make the playoffs. I was like trying to get that playoff push, trying to get a couple young guys. And I traded Dwayne Allen tight end. Oh, I'm Michael Allen. Floyd receiver i don't know whose team he was on back then maybe probably the cardinals i don't know a first and a second typical classic sneak yeah. train out some picks uh-huh. for zay jones his rookie year kelvin benjamin his what third year second or third year buck allen oh, and my and classic fifth round pick <laughs> Gotta stock up on those fifths. I gotta stock up on those fifths. So that could I could have been put into the Hall of Shame for that one just because of giving up one and a two for players now that aren't none of them are in the league. I, if they are, they're nobodies. And but at the time it was like young receiver Zay Jones rookie thinking he was gonna be good. Kelvin thinking he was gonna be good. And I was like, I just want to get a couple receivers, get me a and at the time, Buck Allen, I don't know what team he was on. It might have been the the Ravens or what, but he was getting some production and some work and I was just like stockpile players, make a playoff run and whatever happened, who knows if I made the playoffs or not, but first and a second for some players that just aren't in the league anymore. <laughs> it had, that had to have been like right before Kelvin tore his ACL, right? Like, yeah, I think he did get hurt shortly, even after that trade in that same season. I was just like, Oh, but, and then he just never was the same since. But guess what? He's back and he's going to be the tight end one on the giants. Oh my gosh. How cool would that be? I got to get him. <laughs> that one's fun. I got a couple other fun ones, a little less, less big and less embarrassing. That's why they didn't really make our cut, but I think you'll appreciate them. Uh, these two specifically for Brandon, because you were the beneficiary of both of them. Ooh. I don't, there had to be some other things like going on with this, but there was a trade in the system and uh, Brandon traded Carlos Hyde, the big block to you. For Cody Kessler, and that's all it said. <laughs> there was, I'm pretty sure there was a there was a first involved in that. Uh, I don't know if it was maybe it was a we were talking about futures at the at that time we were trying to keep spreadsheets. I don't remember, uh, but I remember when I made that trade, I was like, I need a number one running back. I'm willing to give this first. I was rolling around Montana, 
And I just, uh, I remember getting, but I think there was either a first or if not a first, definitely a second involved to get Carlos Hyatt when he was still young and on the Niners, their number one guy. Yep. And then another one, Brandon dropped Tyler Boyd to pick up Sam Bradford. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Bradford. Yeah. Eventually I played the Tyler Boyd and then traded him to you. And now look, you're just the world's biggest Tyler Boyd fan. I am just, I am. I just love the guy and he's just, just productive and just gives me everything I could ever want. And then one last one for me, honorable mention, just to be fun and highlight kind of what we're talking about when you just make these like crazy moves. We've all done it. Like I said, Gooch, the ultimate Niners fan dropped George Kittle in 2017 for Cameron Brait. Remember the Cameron Brait hype train? Oh, I remember. And then, you know what, a year later, he traded like a first and Mike Evans and whatever else for George Kittle. So, Man, who would ever thought Gooch dropping George Kittle and then turning around the next year and trading the farm for him? That's how it goes sometimes when you just give up on your guys too early. Been there. Been there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that's, that's the Hall of Shame. That's some honorable mentions. And you know what? Be excited because we still have many, many years uh, to go as we continue on with this. Lots of um, lots of Brendan trades, like the the infamous Aaron Jones for a second rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think we'll definitely want to revisit what happens to the big Hesse Nick Chubb trade in a couple of years. We'll see if that one ends up in the Hall of Shame. Yeah, shaped yep. out but maybe yep. the opposite of what we thought. And, you know, again, just lots of stuff that's happening. We will keep you updated and don't let it happen again. Make smart moves. Yeah. Super fun uh, episode and segment here, the hall of shame kind of, like I said, going back on the history of the league, seeing what's been going on. We've been at this thing now for dang near 10 years or so. So it's just uh it's a lot of fun to look back and to just have a good laugh and, and see where we're sitting and see what, what's coming up. And like I said, each year we're going to be doing this thing. We'll, we'll revisit some of these other high profile trades and see where players are and see if a lot of predictions and thoughts came true or not. So yeah, this was a fun one. Scummy. Hope everyone else had fun. Again, we're kind of in a little lull period now. We are, Coming up to June, the next time you hear us will be June. So getting a little bit closer to the actual stuff, we'll start looking at like some slow draft. We'll start looking at our rankings for the year. It's going to be fun, but you know, as always, we'll be here to bring you good stuff no matter what, no matter the season, no matter the weather, no matter the workload. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're here for you guys. We're here for you. We appreciate you. We love you. We love judging you. We love talking with you. We love seeing you. Uh, Once again, thank you to all of our loyal fans, listeners, friends, countrymen out there in the world. Enjoy your Memorial weekend. Enjoy the Scum and Sneak show. We love you and bye.
Hello? Hello? Hello?